Hello everyone tuning in to Radio Nova. This is the Music Talk Show, your monthly musicology research communication show coming from the University of Oslo's musicology department. Uh, today uh, on our show we have a second part of what we have started last month uh, that is a series on music heritage uh, that our colleague Dr. Tereswini Kalkar has recorded with the Historical Museum of Norway. Hi, Eva. Thanks again. Uh, I'm, this is a podcast series uh, about musical inheritance. So this has been produced in conjunction with a thematic exhibition at the Historical Museum of Oslo, which is close to the National uh, Schloss. And you can go and watch it there, as well as inside of the hall of the exhibition, there is a sound installation upon the theme of musical inheritance as well as there are these accompanying episodes in the podcast series. I should also mention that uh, on the page for the Historical Museum there is a link to all of the podcasts that are already released so you can go and check that out. Yeah, and uh, everyone listening on Radio Nova, all of that is going to be available through our Instagram page where we upload all the links and all the accompanying material, um, references and such. So Tejas, can you tell me a little bit about this episode? Who is your interviewee and what are the main questions you're exploring this time? Uh, I'm very excited to present the second episode in which I'm talking to Dr. Buru Baski, who is uh, from Eastern India and from an ethnic group or a tribe called Santhal. He has a special connection with Oslo in that uh, there was a Norwegian missionary called Paul Bodding many, many, many years ago, more than a century ago, who went and lived and evangelized in the Santhal community, but also helped develop their written script and alphabet. The Santhal group is one of the largest indigenous groups in India. Um, the current president of India is Santhal. Now, Santhals play a really interesting instrument called Banam. Banam is actually not just one instrument, but several because it can be plucked or uh, bowed and is usually uniquely played by one individual who most of the times also contributes in creating the instrument. So Dr. Boro talks about the long process of also creating this instrument and becoming this instrument um, and all of the ways in which they inherit their musical heritage, sing folk songs, uh, dancing practices and festivals, those are linked to and this kind of vibrant picture of Santal culture. Um, but we not, but we don't just talk about that. We also talk about this inheritance in the context of a changing society and what happens to kind of musical learning and so on. So I think it's a very exciting episode. Another factoid is that for this episode, um, we also were able to record Santal musicians in the studio. And so there are completely unique recordings that are tied to this exhibition that now will be with the museum, along with these instruments which were presented to the museum as well. That sounds very, very exciting. I think without the further ado, we should dig into the content of this beautiful conversation. And to all listeners, I hope you will enjoy being together with us. Uh. 
tredelte podcastserien som undersöker spörsmålet vad är er musikalsk arv genom tre temaer. Vad arver vi? Vem får lov till att arve? Och hurdan håller vi de döda levande? Är er det möjligt att arve musik? På Kulturhistoriskt museum möter man med disse fantastiska musikinstrumenten som heter banan. Bananinstrumenten är er från en etnisk grupp som snakker santali och gruppen heter santal. Santali är er en austroasiatisk språk som talas av runt 8 miljoner i det östliga India och i Bangladesh och någon naboländer Nepal och så vidare. Santali är er ett av många officiella språk i India. Santali skrives för en stor del den dagen idag med Old Chick i alfabetet. Den norske missionären Paul Olaf Bodding lagde grammatiker och ordböcker för santalspråket på 1920-talet och etablerade ett skriftspråk för folkgruppen. Dr. Boro Baski är er en pedagog och samfundsleder från Västbengal. Han är er född i en santalfamilj av landbruksarbetare och var den första i landsbyen hans som fick en doktorgrad och mastergrad. Baserat på Gramsci sina principer är er skolan hans ett exempel på hur medlemmar från subalterngruppen kan utdannas till ledelsen i att styra samfundet deras. Music is very important part of Santal life. In fact, I would say that without music, we cannot imagine Santal life. Santal children get to know about their music naturally from childhood onwards. When they first, at the age of four or five, six, like that, and they go to look after their cows in the field, tendering the cows, goats, and the girls, when they go with their mothers to the forest or to the river to collect snails and vegetables and firewood from the forest, they, they hymn, they always sing within themselves. And we have all sorts of songs, different types of songs related to their different kind of works. In different seasons, we have different festivals, annual festivals. And we have also some occasions, uh, marriage festivals, death rite festival. And for all these, we have different kind of songs. And even at in the various festivals, when we have a cultural programs in the village women are dancing together because most of our songs and dance forms are in a group we don't have individual dance form we are always in a group det oprinnliga hemme till santals antas och ha varit i champarike i den nordliga kambodja och deras traditioner indikerar migration till india med hjälp av assam och bengal Santaler bor vanligtvis i separata landsbyer som täller från 400 till 1000 invigare var. Inter nylig blev Jörmehus företrukket. Hus är er ofta dekorerat med blomsterdesign. Hus har normalt verandaer och minst två rum, varav det inre rummet innehåller förfäderna och kornmagasinet som är er beskyddat av dem. I think that uh, Santal songs is more, more when the lyrics are close to their hearts which 
speaks about their daily life, their struggle, their frustration, and some traditional songs which talk about their migration, about their forefathers' journey, or their uh, religious or certain event, historical event uh, that happened. Whereas when you are singing with music, with remix or with fusion, you are only talking about, basically talking about present things, you know, uh, with superficial subjects. You know, so Bollywood songs are basically more or less contemporary events, you know. Youth always songs about love, friends, and but when they go back to their own songs, it talks deeper things and they can connect with that. And I think that is one reason. Actually, actually that is my personal reason when I again came back to our old traditional tone. Yeah, but if somebody's singing with Banam or flute without modern instruments, people immediately got attracted to that. So that that magic is there, which I feel. Sang and dance spiller en svart viktig rolle i santal livet. Santals har forskjellige typer sanger, noen ganger akkompaniert av dans, associert med spesielle festivaler og spesielle feiringer, eller ceremonier. Disse fremføres kun på disse tidspunktene, eller så lenge festivalen varer. Hver sangform har en spesiell melodi og sin egen spesiell rytme. Trinnene i dansen, hvis de er knyttet til en sang, varierer i henhold til den spesifikke rytmen, selv om de alle kan se like ut for en tilfellig observator. Tekstene til sangen er korte, uttryksfulle, meningsfylte, og et intimt uttrykk for deres liv, og er ikke nødvendigvis knyttet til festivalens tema. Selv om de fleste sangene er arvet, det er også ny komposisjon blant samtalene. Vi hørte på Dong, eller Wedding Song, med to banan. For marriage song, for example, Dong. So marriage song is, you can always sing with marriage melody. You cannot sing in a Sohrai melody, the harvest festival. Again, uh, we have a Baha, the spring festival, Baha melody, or Baha tune. Baha er Santalnes blomstefestival. Den største festivalen etter Sohrai, den finnes sted i begynnelsen av våren, i månden Tjeit, som er mellom februar og mars. Rundt tiden for Holi, når blomster begynner å blomstre. Baha betyr blomst på Santali språket, og festivalen er en takk til naturen og en feiring av deres harmoni med den. De nøyaktige datoene for festivalen varierer fra landsby til landsby. Festivalen er assosiert med et spesifikt sett med låter som Baha, Jatur og Dahar, selv om ikke spesifiske låter som lagre også synges. Varigheten av festivalen varierer fra region til region, for det meste to eller tre dager, noen ganger fire. Ritualer varierer også litt fra region til region. Så du kan ikke synge marriage song 
or harvest festival lyrics in a bahat tune so it is not possible everybody we knows which tune is this if we hear once you know for example uh, if i find a santal from bangladesh or nepal for example and if i ask him please sing a bahat song so he knows the melody is set even like that you know so these are separate yeah we speak same language and same melody same rhythm same tune only some changes have occurred this acculturation of this uh, accent i en santal bryllup är er dong föreställningar en liten del av hela anledningen Dong sanger under bröllop och andra speciella anledningar följer alltid en bestämd rekkefölje. Först sänges antop dong, efterföljt av duhuri dong och till slut sardi dong. Vi hører lagre tun med to banans. Banan er et gammel, felelignende instrument spilt av Santals. Av de 14 instrumenter som Santals spiller, er banan det mest ærede. Santals spiller dette generelt ensengende instrument som akkompanjement til sangene og dansene deres som Dasai, Sohrai, Don, Lagre og Karam. Banan betyder väldigt mycket på Santals och det kan ses vid konstverken och utskärningarna som är er funnet på instrumenten. Detta konstneriska uttrycket till producenten resulterar i ett brett utvalg av former och design på knaggeboxen på banan. Det finns forskliga typer bananer. Det kan vara så enkelt som kokosnötskal, kropp dekket av hud av en lokal slange eller en bambushals och tre bro. Detta är er en hoka eller reta banan. Bananerna kunde också bli skåret ut av stock av ett tre med lydboxen täckt med dyre skinn. We don't have uh, an institution to learn songs and music and drums. They learn it by hearing from their parents and old people. Interesting thing is they also make this kind of instruments by themselves, like banam. Uh, because the banam is something you have to give the tune to it. Immediately if you start, uh, it won't sing. So <clears throat> we say it, that you buy a banam, you make a banam, you slowly, it's like a child. You have to teach him the tone, slowly. Attachment grows. And then slowly the tune will come. And when it comes after one year, two year, three years, or five, six, seven months, then your voice and banam get connected. And when it is when it's connected, then only you become one. So simply, it's like not like harmonium or synthesizers. And you started playing. It's not like that. Banam are also et of the most personalized or personal instruments. We see. Ganske mange fine carvings på disse. Hva betyr disse? Banam is something you have get uh, attached with. No? Regarding symbolism, you said the banam makers, they have 
share their stories over there why they have made this banam is something that bring out the sound of of our um, why should i say we call it bunga sound bunga's spirit santal pantheona includerer runt 150 ande guddomar vanligtvis kallt bungar var landsby är en hellig lund var välvilliga bungar finns skogbungarna är däremot ondskapsfulla och inkluderar själarna till människor som har döda en unaturlig död santals antar att själar blir bunga tre generationer efter döden visst de utför de riktiga ritualerna den döda kroppen går genom en lång process med dödsritualer if this if banana is split the spirits or our ancestors they some way get connected people say don't play banam alone at night because you find spirits coming to you and around you they will come to you or in some places when they kept this banam in one house sometimes there are so many stories that they hear the sound that somebody is playing because banam is connected with our original sound that is the sound that we first heard and that is the sound which is very close to our soul and also connected with our ancestors and spirits with whom we are living so we see banam that way so banam is always basically always played with the religious songs we don't play banam everywhere or for example with fusion songs we can play banam sel om santal musik är arvet på en måte hvor det är inte möjligt att växa upp som santal och inte känna till musiken denna musiken också går igenom olika utvecklingar till tider akkurat nu är det den tiden hvor musiken också brukas med elektronisk idiom eller med fusion instrumenter som gitarr och lite urbaniserat ljud. Traditional songs, the compositions are very different than the modern compositions. Traditional santal songs are always of four lines, four or six lines. And nowadays new songs it's like a big essay and they always talk about direct form, you know. Uh, whereas in traditional songs we don't have direct form one example i say when we were recording these songs in the studio old people were singing and those who were there was one friend who was playing the banam and he was a trained professional man artist who is trained with saregama and every time and those who were singing they were the old people and every time when he was playing banam he was telling them okay start one two three but they cannot catch that because he is trained that way but ultimately after trying three or five times they are saying no we can't do this we won't sing then because this rhythm we cannot go with it then i told them okay you sing your own way let us take yours because that is more important why we will change you because of our then we have to change the these banam players 
then the again different banam players who is old and who has no idea about notations and this and they are going on well so there, there is a big conflict over there santhal spiller tromme sammen med mye sang och dans och disse trommorna heter tamak eller tumdak flöjten blir också blir ansett också som en viktig traditionell instrument santhals är er spontana sangere och dansare Alle lærer seg musik når de er veldig ung, og dansen er deres gjenspeiler deres kollektiv natur og fellesskapsfølelse. Sangene deres er fulle av patos til tider, svart filosofiske andre ganger, er fortellingene om deres daglige liv og deres fellesskap med naturen. Tekstene til deres forfedres sanger har også gitt samfunnet glimt av fortiden deres. In young age, I think you your natural tendency to is to learn something new beyond your uh, area, beyond your village, beyond your culture. Because uh, from child onwards, they are experiencing their own music. But one point of time, you want to test other sort of tone also, and which is fine. When you become thirty, forty, or fifties. You you become conscious about the songs, you know, the lyrics, the word, the tone, and they realize distinct cultural territory is there in India on Santals, and especially with the music also. One group is those who are in northern Santal Pargana, means Dumka, Sahibganj, Bagalpur, and this range has come to northern Bengal. Um, Malda, Pashtim Dinajpur, and gone to Bangladesh, Chapai Nawabganj, Rajshahi, this part. So these are the same group going, migrated that side, and you find a same type of rhythm. They have introduced harmonium nowadays. They, you have, they have also introduced guitar sometimes they play, and their songs are more soft and very classical. And it is because the uh, missionary have worked over there for many years. And when missionary came, uh, they translated many songs, especially Norwegian missionary. Boarding mission stations was that area. So when they sang the Santal songs, they also fusioned you know, in their own way. Nå hørte vi på Sohrai-tun. Santal muntlig tradition er rik og inkluderer folkeventyr, myter, gåter og landsbyhistorier. Mye av dette materialet har i nyere tid blitt tatt opp eller skrevet ned. Traditionelle sanger er mange og varierte. Hver sang akkompanjert av en speciell type traditionell dans. Uh, banam is the oldest instruments so far people say and uh, oh, i would say not the first but one of the oldest musical instrument since people make by themselves uh, they, and there is a long process 
maybe it takes one or two years. Uh, you identify a wood, different kind of wood, you cut it, you dry it for several months, then you start preparing it. Maybe every evening you sit for one hour, two hours, or at daytime, you curve it. Again, next day you start. Then monsoon comes. Then again, next day you start. So to complete it, it might take one or two years. Then when you start playing, you always play, you keep it with you. Then it's it's become part of your life also. And so you don't want to give that to it, you know, because you think this is mine. I remember a story when we were collecting museum in, uh, items. I went to a village in Bankura. I found a banam over there a person who was playing. It was a very interesting old banam. Then I asked him, you want to buy this banam? You want to keep it around Because you are so old. Then he said, no, uh, I can't. Because uh, it's like my son, like myself. You know, how can I give you? If I am dead, uh, my people will just bury this or burn this along with me. It was his grandfather's. And he said, so... I always carried this banam everywhere. Uh, that is, of course, nowadays banams people are making for selling. But normally you don't get in the market the type of banam people play. This you get it in the market for just making sound. In fact, the banam that we have in our museum here are mostly old banams. You know, those who have, uh, we have bought, we have collected that way. There is one banam uh, we have got from one of our friends uh, and uh, because they did not want to keep that banam after when their grandfather died because in the, in the house they are just get, getting afraid because every night it was, the sound was coming from that banam. So the, uh, the person said, no, I don't want to keep this banam. So there are so many stories like Traditionellt var Santals experter på trearbeid och träskäring och producerade fint utskårna vogner, redskaper och musikinstrumenter, huvudsakligt i eget bruk. Kurvarbeid, veving av matter och framställning av talarkener och kopper av salblader är hantverk av viss kommersiell betydning. Santals är delt in till 12 klaner och 164 underklaner. De är patrilineära och strängt endogame. Klanerna är rangerat i henhold till gamla funktionella indelningar. Kiskuena var konger, mormo, prästna och så vidare. Till trots för denna klanrangeringar är Santals i utgångspunkten egalitära och står därmed i kontrast till sina hinduistiska omgivelser. På landsbynivå är den lokala avstämningsgruppen av stor organisatorisk betydning. Santals got uh, divided when they were in a Chotanagpur area, when all tribal groups were living there together. And from there, they got migrated to different places. And some of them went to southern part, southern part of Damadar River, and to Orisha and another Santals came to just city, this area. And how they uh, got divided from their original land that was not the original one, they came from elsewhere. I India har Santalerna blivit regnet som kastelöse 
och har upplevt massivt undertryckelse av hinduistiska och muslimska i sina egna kärnområder. I 1855 skedde det ett uppror som också är er känt som Santal uppror mot både British East India Company och Zamindari systemet. Zamindari systemet i det indiska subkontinentet var eller är er en autonom eller semi-autonom härskesystem. There is one song I remember which is also my favorite. <laughs> Jolly, 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 jolly,